Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hey, I got to tell you, this, this, is, this weekend marks two months of Mosaic. Um, you know, week-wise, it's a little longer. We started on March 20th, and here we are, May 22nd. And, you know, God has been amazing. Uh, when God spoke to me January 3rd, sitting in church, living 10 hours away, um, you know, he really interrupted my life. He really did. And some of y'all prayed for that. And, you know, I, I don't know why you did, but you did. And, and so uh, he, you know, he said, come back to Oklahoma City. And, and, and I, you know, I wanted to say, get thee behind me, Satan. But um, I knew that would be wrong. And, and I, I love this city. I love you. I love this place. And, um, you know, things really came together quickly uh came up here on january 13th or 14th to begin looking for a place to live and church and to have place to have church and and began all that process and uh you know it was really ugly uh it really was it was just it was one of those depressing times ever been depressed yeah if not you're lying uh we've all been there and and i it's like god what's up and i was praying and I said, God, I need a building, I need a building. And, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, quit asking me for a building and start asking me for the building. You know, God has a, a the place for you. He has uh, the spouse, the house, the everything. God has that for us. And so that's how this came to be. And then, you know, everything was coming together. Great children's pastor. She's incredible. Uh, Lauren, you just got to love on her. She's a phenomenal. Um, Jennifer, our outreach gal, you know, six days after we were at church, we did, we did our first outreach and to Will Rogers Court. We'll be doing another one in June. Uh, those are things very dear to my heart. Uh, you guys know that I love lost people, hurting people. I like Christians. Um, <laughs> I, but I love seeing people who don't know God get to know God. That, that just burns in me. And I love you. And, and then on, uh, you know, everything's going great. And, and I could not find a worship leader. And I tell you what, I can kill a church in five minutes leading worship. And so I knew that wasn't going to happen. And uh, so I was like, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And uh, a buddy of mine called from Life Church, and uh, he used to be on staff with us. And he said, man, I, there's a guy at that, that uh, has uh, resigned from Life Rio Rancho, and you know, he's moving to Houston. And, and that was on, uh, actually, uh, that was on Monday, uh, March 14th. We were scheduled to start the church on Sunday, March 20th. Needless to say, me and God were spending a lot of time together. Like, okay, God, this is not funny. So anyway, I, <clears throat> I called Zach, and, uh, and he said, yeah, man, I'd love to do it. He and his wife live in Houston, and whether you know it or not, we've been flying him up every weekend. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I got to tell you, this guy has been, Zach, you, you've just been a treasure to me, man. I love you so much, and I... I cannot be more grateful for, um, you know, anything we've asked Zach to do. A lot of the great social media clips Zach produced. That was not what he was hired to do, but he just was team player. And uh, we really were looking at Zach moving up here, but Zach's married to a Houstonian. <laughs> and uh, her family's from Houston, and, and uh, she's wanted to be around mom and daddy a little bit more. And, and so, uh, you know, we... Uh, we're so grateful for Zach, and I want you to, you know, he's going to be here for a couple more weeks, but we, we, uh, we got a call from California, another uh, ex-Life Church guy, and I want to send a thank you to Craig, um, <laughs> my dear friend. <laughs> Keep raising him up, my brother. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so anyway, we got a call, and my son actually plays for Life Church in Mustang, and, uh, and he knew this guy in California that I'm about to introduce to you, but... Uh, the reason I say this is, you know, as a growing church uh, and a new church, you know, we're, we're just really looking 
to follow the Holy Spirit. Say, God, who do you want when? And uh, I, I honestly cannot tell you, there's not one thing about Zach I do not love. And, and actually, we, we try to lure him and we, you know. But then, you know, that was us. And, and God has, I mean, Zach's no telling what he's going to do. But, and then when this other gentleman called me, uh, you know, we talked several times. But it wasn't until I was going to meet him that the Holy Spirit said, this is the one. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago, and, and we're very blessed. And so I want to ask Zach to step up, and I want to ask Ben, Danielle, and, and their head of their house, Levi, uh, <laughs> to come. Um, and so, you know, what I love is this. It, you know, when I was younger and going through theology, a couple of degrees in theology, and you, you're taught to debate and all those things, and I realized that there's only one thing I'll fight you on. That, that Jesus was born of a virgin, came to earth as the son of God to die for the sins of mankind, was crucified, buried, raised from the dead, and he's coming back. Now, if you want to fight, I'll fight you over that. About anything else, I really don't care. It's like whatever, you know, I mean, you, you can, you know, worship whatever. Anyway, so um, these guys, we all, you know, they're, they're young, which I admire. I will never be there again. And so I, I'm living vicariously through you young punks anyways i love you and so these guys are great but uh, we'll be transitioning on june the 12th uh ben will become the worship pastor and danielle will make sure ben stays happy and uh so that he'll lead worship well and uh but i just wanted you to meet them they're from riverside california uh, isn't that right, Riverside? Okay, so, you know, from California, man. I mean, the granola state. But they're really solid. Uh, so we love them so much. And so what we're going to pray over them this morning, pray for Zach, is he, he's going to be with us a couple more weeks. If you guys want to go buy him an iPad, a, a Mac computer, uh, any toys that these guys like, you know. Uh, okay, a Starbucks card, whatever. Uh, but... But, you know, we want to love on Zach because I'm going to tell you something. We would not be where we are today if it wasn't for you, my friend. Thank you. Um, and I, I pray that Zach will come back and make guest appearances. Uh, you're part of our family, brah. I'm going to come and see you in Houston, eat your food, stay at your house. Uh, <laughs> And I'm going to do all, is that okay? Swim in the pool, that whole thing, and then we can just hang out and whatever. Uh, so we want to pray for them because, you know, God is doing something awesome throughout the earth. And it's not the old days where if you were Lutheran, you hated the Baptist. If you're Baptist, you hated the Assembly of God. Those days are done, thank God. And that we are the body of Christ. We're the family of God. And, and uh, you know, it's just awesome. So I love you guys. Let's pray for them right now. Father, thank you. For Zach Daniels, God, and his dad, Jack. I mean, no, Zach, I thank you, God, for, for Zach Daniels, and I thank you, Lord. <laughs> Y'all are so slow. Okay, so, <laughs> Lord, we love you so much, and we are grateful for Zach. And, Lord, I just thank you that you're going to bless him beyond measure because he sowed into this field. He plowed. He sweat. God, he helped us get to this place so quickly. I'm so grateful for him. And, and Lord, I pray for Ben and Danielle that their move would be an easy move and that you would cause incredible blessing and joy in their lives as they come back to this great state to serve you with their gifts. And uh, we declare it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't they look cool? Jeez, if only. All right. Love that. We've got a couple of things we're doing a little, little bit today, just some stuff to make you aware of. Um, when we rented this place, I signed the contract February 3rd, and uh, one month after God said come back, which is pretty amazing. Um, we, um, we just kind of, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Any of you ever have those moments where you go, why, why was I thinking that, and why did I do that? And today, I have no reason to say we started 9 and 11. I've always believed that people in today's world need options. And two services was never an option. I mean, that was always going to be. I still, laying in bed one night, I'm going, why did I do 9 and 11? I sit around and wait till you all get here. <laughs> After the 9, I'm done at 10.05. I'm sitting around here bored out of my mind because you all ain't going to show up till 11.05. There'll be people walking here at 11.15, 11.20, or whatever it is. What time? It's 11.30. Well, they'll be walking at 11.45. Um, so anyway, you, you should have received a time change uh, flyer when you came in. And I, want you to re I wanted to say it out loud so that you could 
like get it in you that on February the 12th, one Sunday only, we'll go 9 and 10.30, which is what we were going to do. Uh, nine, what time? We're in June. Why'd y'all have to point it out? You're so rude. Uh, you knew that. I was just checking. I knew I said February. I just see if you were listening. June. Michelle, you acted real happy about correcting me. Maybe it was because I corrected you so much when you were 15. All right, so on June the 12th, be 9 and 10.30, one time only there's a wedding at like 2 o'clock, so we have to be out by noon. It's the only time of the year. But then I got to thinking, I'm going to fool some of you into coming at 9.30 because you need to. How many of you be interested in coming at 9.30? Would you help me? Could you lift your hands, please? <laughs> Don't do this to me. Okay, thank you. We're trying to balance this out a little bit. 9.30 and 11, starting June 19th, which I think is Father's Day. Is that right? It's always a good day to bless a father. Okay, so anyway, we've got kids all over the globe. So one's in Miami, one's in L.A., one lives in Seattle, and i got two that stayed here, but they fled the great state of Oklahoma. And so they're all doing stuff. Anyway, so anyway, if, um, if we're doing the series, uh, Five Traits of Super People, and you'll notice they're all S's. The first week we talked about sin. People who, uh, one of the traits of super people is that they understand uh, the influence of sin. They understand how to address sin uh, when, it, when it affects their lives uh, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And without Christ, there is no hope for glory. And he is the hope of glory. So we have to know how to address sin. And a lot of times when we use the word sin, it kind of, it's a shocking word because uh, it's, it's not something any of us are, are proud of. It, it, the sin in our lives is not something we like to talk about, yet we all have sin in our lives. So I talked last week about a, that, that Christ died for original sin, which when we accept him, he died for sin. And we continue to sin, so we, we, there are sins in our lives, even though sin in our life was addressed at the cross. And a lot of people confuse the two. If I accept Christ as my personal Savior, I am forgiven for the sin in my life that I was born with. And today, if you went to a baby unit in a hospital, there are little bitty seven, eight, nine-pound masses of sin laying behind that glass. They've, you said, but well, they haven't sinned yet. It's in their DNA. So Christ died for that before they ever know how to sin. And a lot of times people quit on God because they say, I just can't quit sinning. Join the human race. Join the local church. Super people understand how to effectively face their sin with joy and strength and not beat up and not beat down. Okay. That's the only way we can keep coming back. When I, when I first got born again, I went to a very denominational church, and every, every Sunday, you had to go to the altar and get born again again. So in my life, I got born again, 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 again. And you know, you're crying, and you're weeping. Oh, God, you know, I'm a worm, you know, and all this stuff. And, and then one day, I got this revelation. Jesus died for my sin. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I still mess up. I don't like the sin, but guess what? I am happy to run to the Father. My kids, when they jacked up, they knew I was Daddy. I was going to love them. And I'm a sinner, and they, they know Daddy's going to love them. How much more is God going to love us? Don't run from God. Run to God. Keep running to God with your dirty hands and everything else. That's what we do. Don't ever let sin beat you. And second thing I'm going to talk about today is surrender. How to address sin is not to attack sin, but to surrender to God. And to surrender everything to God that would cause us to, in essence or in effect, sin as a result of focusing on sin instead of surrendering to God. And we have to know the difference. We're always capable. We are gifted with that. There was a lady, she and her husband lived on a private lake, and her husband loved to fish, so he had his boat right down on the dock from the house. And every now and then she would go out with him, but she wasn't really into fishing. 
But man, he kept his boat stocked. He had all of his tackle boxes. He had his fishing poles. He had everything on that boat. And so one day he came in from fishing and his wife decided she'd take the boat out. And uh, she was used to been out on the lake with him, but she wasn't familiar with all of the, the laws on the lake. And it was a very, very uh, prized place to fish. So they had restrictions on the lake and fishing areas and places you could and couldn't. And so she, uh, her husband came in to take a nap and she decided to take the boat out. And she was going to take her book out and just sit on the lake and read. It was a beautiful day. And so she takes the boat and she kills the engine. She gets back. She just kicked up reading and all of a sudden she sees a boat coming and, it, and it's the game warden. And uh, so she didn't think anything about it. She didn't know anything about the laws of fishing or anything. And he came over and said, ma'am, uh, are you aware uh, that you're in a restricted fishing area what are you doing she said well it's obvious I'm reading a book and he said well ma'am what you need to know is that uh, this is a restricted area and if I were to leave even though you're reading a book and pull away you have all the equipment here to fish and how do I know you're not going to do that so I'm going to have to write you a citation she said well if you do that I'm going to have to write you a citation for assault he said, well, what do you mean? I haven't done anything. She said, no, but you have all the equipment to assault me. He said, have a good day, ma'am. <laughs> anyway, sometimes we're not aware. Sometimes we are aware. And uh, we do have incredible potential. We have all the equipment necessary to be sinners. One of the things I wrote in one of my days is I have this unlimited capacity to sin. I do, and so do you. The challenge is sometimes we don't admit it because we don't want to deal with it. We live a life of denial. And so the quicker we face truth and embrace truth, the stronger we become in our lives. I mean, sometimes it's startling to me when someone says something about themselves that they're so aware of that, that it's kind of an elephant in the room in most of our lives. I have such respect for people like that, that, that are willing to say, you know what, yeah, this is one of the issues in my life. And if any of you in here can say right now you don't have any issues, I want you to come and take the mic and tell us all the wonderful things about life without issues because we all have them and one of the things that, that make issues weaker is our willingness to acknowledge them and surrender them to God super people understand how to surrender they're surrendered people turning your Bibles to Romans 6 and Matthew chapter 16. Romans 6, 16 says, Surely, this is one translation, Surely you know that when you surrender yourselves as slaves to obey someone, you are in fact the slaves of the master you obey, either of sin, which results in death, or of obedience, which results in being put right with God. So whatever we surrender to. So if I surrender my life to, well, it's just never going to get better. This is just who I am. You have to accept it. You've heard people say that. You married me. You knew who I was when you married me. You know, you know. And, and so we, we get this mentality that we, we can't get better. There are things in our lives that you're just going to have to deal with. But the Bible says that we are to go from one place of glory to another place of glory. That our lives are not to be stagnant. They're not to be static. They're to be dynamic. And if they're going to be dynamic, that means that we have to address the issues as well as the gifts in our lives. They both must be addressed. And, and the challenge is, is sometimes there are things I don't like to say about myself to myself in private. Because it gets in my mind. When you begin to speak, you begin to think. When you begin to think, you begin to believe. When you begin to believe, you begin to behave. It's a sequence that if we play it out, we will never change. So we have to change the way we think, so we'll change what we say, so we'll change what we believe, so we'll change how we behave. Church used to be, if you believe the way we do, you can be a part of our church, you can belong. 
That used to be it. You first have to behave, believe to belong. And now we flip that. I believe that you ought to belong. If you belong and you're around the right people, you'll begin to believe what those people believe and you'll begin to behave that way. Which means really we're just sanctified sinners. But sanctified in front of that makes all the difference in the world. That we are set apart by God to live the abundant life. In Matthew 16, 24, if people want to follow me, they must give up, surrender the things they want. Now, does that mean that you're not going to get what you want? Absolutely not. It just means you surrender those to God, and at the right time, he gives them to you. If, you know, if you've ever followed lottery winners, most people who win the lottery lose their family, lose their mind, and sometimes lose their life because they don't have the foundation to handle the wealth that was put into their hands. They were not prepared. And so it's, it's, we have to surrender to God and say, in the right time, when you think I can handle the blessing that you want to give me, then bring it at that time. I want it, but I don't want it until you want me to have it. In other words, we must surrender our want to to God because that which will be a blessing in one season will be a curse in another. In other words, the character in us is not enough to sustain the success around us. And it's a never-ending battle. And it says they must be willing to even give up their lives to follow me. The way I see it, there really is no such thing as partial surrender. There's just no such thing. It's, it's either all or not at all. I don't know how many of you grew up in the church, but the old song, I Surrender All. Remember that? I hated singing that sometimes. Well, I surrender some. <laughs> some to you, Lord, I surrender. I surrender some. I wish they'd have rewritten it that way. All of us could have sung it loud. And there were those of us under our breath going, I can't do this all thing. <laughs> Come on, God. I surrender all. You know, today I would ask questions, I will ask questions throughout this message. Um, what are the things in your life right now that you'd say, you know, I really know God's been dealing with me. I need to surrender some of those things to the Lord. The way God did it to me was I, I started racing when I was 16 years old. Tulsa International Raceway. Now, my dad hated it, didn't know I did it because he knew that I'd blow engines and I've blown engines and clutches and you name it, I blew them. And uh, I remember looking back and I, I loved cars. I used to be under the hood of a car every weekend and when the transmission went, I was under the car every weekend. And I had had 17 cars before I was 20 years old. I had a Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am, custom, SS396 board to a 402 Camaro that was, we just need a holy moment, see law right now. <laughs> Three Corvettes, I, I, I was just consumed with cars. So when I, God started, I mean, I, I worked hard, I was single, how I many you know that helps? Uh, so, and so I, I would, I would, uh, I just, that's all, that's what I spent my money on. That's what I worked, spent my money on that. Well, then I got married and started having kids. Guess what? It's humiliating to go from a Corvette to a Chevette. <laughs> and God help the designer of minivans. Jesus, help them. Somebody going to pay for that. You know, and you got, yeah, now you got kids, people. My brothers still take pictures of me if they ever see me, any, even walking by a minivan. <laughs> and then God blessed me, and I, I was able to buy uh, some muscle cars again. But before I did, here's what God did. Before I bought my first muscle car after my kids started getting older, I started giving cars away. God said, this will never have you again. And I can, I can go down the list of cars that I, I just gave them. You say, what, what, what were they? No, they weren't junkers. Gave away a Cadillac, conversion van, two BMWs. And I ain't giving you nothing. Don't be looking and say, I'm going to talk to pastor after service now. 
What's he got in the stall? Ain't got nothing now. <laughs> I'm going to go home and cry. I'm just going to go home and weep this afternoon. <laughs> Because that's the one thing, but before Jesus comes back, before I die, I'm just going to tell you all right now, I want a barn filled with muscle. I don't want horses, I want horsepower. I think Jesus heard me, and I think he said, well done, and it shall be. I didn't even have a Red Bull. This is the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you. Um, let's talk about surrender. Let's get back there. I'm, I'm gone. Okay, you know, bring it back. Surrender is an aggressive act. Sometimes we think surrender is for weak people. You know, you see it in the movies. Put your hands up. That was back in the days of Westerns. Now they just shoot you. They don't even give you a chance to put your hands up. And so... But that's back in the good old days. Before they shot you, they gave you a chance to surrender. But, you know, in, in reality... It's a very aggressive act because it, it requires a battle in our soul. It is a fight within us before it's manifest outside us. There is a battle raging in our soul, things that we're holding on to that, that are fighting against our purpose and our destiny that until we surrender to God, we will never find that purpose and destiny. You know, I used to always tell people, I could go anywhere in the world but not be successful everywhere in the world. I believe there is the place that God says, this is the place that I want you. This is the place I'm going to bless you. When God took Israel out of Egypt, he said, I'm taking you to Canaan. He didn't say, well, we're just going to start walking and when we come to a place we like, we'll stop. God said, there is the place, it's called a place flowing with milk and honey, and that is the place I have for you. And Israel fought that and wandered in the wilderness 40 years. They're wandering in the wilderness because they wouldn't surrender to God. They just wanted out of Egypt. They just, just get us out of our pain. And when you start looking at your pain and addressing your pain, you will lose sight of the promise. The promise is what we're moving after. We're not moving away from pain. We're moving toward promise. But we have to surrender the pain to get to the promise. You guys know, I, I mean, I'm not lying when I see people say, how are you doing? I'm good enough to be twins. And there are days I don't feel that way. There are days you say, well, you're lying. No, I am declaring I am not lying. I have to declare. The Bible says you'll have what you say. That, that life and death are in the power of the tongue is sometimes you just need to talk yourself into your purpose instead of talking about your pain. I've already designed the building in my mind that we're going to build for Mosaic Church. We're two months old and I've already got it figured out. I'm not running from Noah's event venue. I am looking at the destiny that God has. Watch and see. It is an aggressive act. I, many years ago, had the opportunity to meet with Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. Don't know how I got the meeting. I was called. They said, we want you to come to Florida. Dr. Bright wants to meet with you. And I'll never forget, there were probably 10 pastors from all over the country that had been invited to his house. You have to understand, this is a man whose organization is credited with winning over 150 million people to Christ. I'll never forget walking into his house. I was intimidated. I was insecure. I, 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 every emotion possible, I'm thinking, why am I here? And Dr. Bright, I'm, I get seated across the table from him. It's like God saying, he's going to look right into your eyes. And he said, I, I just... So honored that you came. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You've won 150 million to Jesus. I, I, I can't even spell it. And I said, what, 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 what do you want from us? I mean, I didn't mean it disrespectful. I'm just like, did Jesus tell you to chastise us? What, why are we here? He said this. When I was a young man, I made a contract with God. 
I literally wrote it out and signed my name at the bottom. It said, from this day forward, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. I've never written those words, and I've never said them. Part of me would love to say today, I'm a little bit ashamed of that, but, but, but I want you to just for a moment process the depth of those words. I am a slave, which means I have a master. I'm not in charge anymore. Everything I ever wanted, everything I ever willed, I am not in charge anymore. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I surrender every deep desire, every passion I have, every dream I've held dear. I surrender that to God. I surrender. From April 29th of one year to April 29th of the next, 365 days, I wrote for eight hours a day. Today I have seven one-inch binders filled with pain and agony and suffering and struggling and the process that I was going through. Just to be reminded, Mark Crow, you will never travel this way again. Your purpose will become greater than your suffering and your sorrow. Use this time wisely to surrender to the higher purpose of God. Surrender is not about quitting. It's about letting go and starting with God. It's about releasing to God our entire life, our entire will. God, where do you want me? What do you want me to be doing? Some of you could easily say, why am I at a wedding venue that is temporary where we have one acoustic guitar player and a pastor who's proven to be stupid? I'm just being real. Honestly, I was discouraged from ever starting this. You have no idea. The, the people who love me and, and said, you know, it probably won't work. Love ya. <laughs> and I just said, you know what? It doesn't matter. Look, it doesn't matter. What matters is this. I would rather fail in obedience to God than succeed in disobedience. <laughs> it doesn't matter. When, when you say yes to God, you don't write down the pros and cons. You don't say, well, here's the good things, here's the bad things. No, you just say, God, here I am. If it means that I have to go to a cross too, then take me to the cross and give me the strength and power to bear up under the crucifixion of my flesh. Give that to me, God. We negotiate with God. How easy is this going to be? How difficult is this going to be? And I just looked at people and said, I really don't care. I took back things that belonged to God. And every day now I have to wake up and say, God, the things that I want to pick up that don't belong to me, I surrender to you. Surrender is a very, very aggressive decision. It's not for the weak. Surrender is bold and courageous. We surrender our lives to Jesus in order to be Christians. You don't try God on, you put God on. Put on Christ. People look at singers, they look at preachers, they look at people that are on stage or behind the wheel of a NASCAR and you think, oh, this is, they, they've got to get up every day and love this. Oh, no. There are Sundays, I just, just don't want to be here. Just don't. You wake up at 6 a.m. and you go, I, I, got, I don't know what I'm going to face today. Because if you had to look at what I'm looking at right now, there are those of you who look perplexed. Some of you are like, oh, I just love you so much. And others are going, why are we here? <sighs> A potpourri of countenance. <laughs> and I always know there are those of you here that feel sorry for me. Don't. No, I used to always tell people, people, we first started the first church, I, I thought, I knew people just came, they just pitied me. <laughs> and, you know, they, they gave because I was pitiful, and, and I'm okay with that. 
God loves a cheerful giver. I'll take a pitiful giver any day. Doesn't matter to me. But we have to daily die, Paul said, or daily surrender. You don't surrender once to God. You know, July 17, 1977, I surrendered my life to God. That's true, but that was one day. It was the beginning of a journey of surrender. The beginning of a life that needed to be surrendered to God every day because of my incredible capacity to sin. I don't know if you have the capacity I have, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm a lot weaker than I thought I was. I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. I, I have more capacity to sin than I ever dreamed that I had. I am capable of the worst of the worst. I, like Paul, am the worst of all. But the worst of me is surrendered to the best of him. See, sometimes we take that one moment of surrender when Terah took Abraham and, and Sarah, his wife, and God said, leave Ur of the Chaldeans and, and go to Canaan. Well, en route to Canaan, Terah decides to stop at a little place called Haran. And the Bible says he died there. What happened on one moment in one day? The, the man who was surrendered to God in Ur of the Chaldeans begins to move toward the promised land called Canaan. And one day, he, the Bible says he settled there. Why? Because when we start taking matters into our own hands and, and we look around and say, I'm tired. This, is, this place is sufficient. This is good enough for my family. And I don't want to go any further. And I don't want to work any harder. God, after all, can't you just give me credit for leaving? No. God says, I want to credit you with arriving. I want you to get to your promise, not just leave your past. So he said, well, my family didn't even go to church, so if I go once a month, I'm doing better than them. Quit comparing yourself to people and start comparing yourself to the purpose and the word from God that you have in your life to rise up every day and die to self and selfishness and surrender to God. This thing called life, folks, this is not a float trip. It's not a float trip. To achieve what we have been called to achieve, to arrive at the place that we've been called to arrive, doesn't come easy. It is a fight. And I wake up every day with the residue of my recent past. And I am very tempted to say, God, what can you do with someone like me? And I keep hearing, I can do the same thing I've always been able to do because I am God and I renew and I, re I restore and I reinstate and I've given you the same strength you've always had. Don't you look at your past. You look at your future. And if someone wants to talk about your past, tell them to go start a small group. Because I ain't bowing to my past. I am standing for my future. This church stands for people who have been beat up, beat down, beat around. You're in the right place, baby. You're a chip off the old block that is making up a picture called Mosaic. It's not your story and it's not my story that counts. It's his story that has changed history. And it's his story that will change the future. It's about God. You're worried about your story? I'm going to tell you his story. Because his story is the redemptive story forever. We've got to stop fighting with each other and start fighting for each other. Surrender is an aggressive act. It doesn't come easy. It's a life-giving act. Remember Jesus in the garden? He knew he was going to be taken to the cross. And I love, I love the apostle Peter so much. He is such a representation of stupid humanity. 
of which I am a part. They come in to get Jesus because Jesus is going to do what the Father said. So he had surrendered himself not only to feeding the multitudes and being applauded as he came down from the mountain and palm leaves are being laid down and people are praising him. And in that moment, can you imagine the ego of Christ being tested by the praise of man? He had an ego. He just didn't let the ego have him. And so he, it says he was tempted in every way as we are tempted, and yet he was without sin. So that means in that moment they're praising him and applauding him, and, and, and they're, they're, they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna. And, and you can just sense Christ going, oh, this is wonderful. If it could just stop right here. But no, Christ wasn't surrendered to that moment. He was surrendered to the will of God. And he said, my life, entire life is surrendered to my Father. And now the moment has come. He's approaching the final days of his life at 33 years old. And they're coming to get him. He had been betrayed by Judas. And Peter would have no part in it. Peter draws his sword and hacks the ear off a guy. Peter grew up in Berry Hill. (laughs) He grew up in my neighborhood. I'm telling you, he knew how to deal with stupidity. You mess with my Savior, I'll cut your head off. And Jesus, in his wisdom, said, "Mm, I'm I'm just wondering how much pleasure Jesus thought. Oh, this is kind of cool. But he knew that unlike Terah, Abraham's father, he couldn't stop on the hill coming down from the mount. He couldn't settle there. Because he was surrendered to the promise, not the praise. He was surrendered to the pain so that the promise would happen. And he looks and he says, put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus said, I I could fix this problem. I could stop this crucifixion. I could prevent my own suffering. But I surrendered before I ever left heaven to finish what God wanted me to finish. You see, when I went through my hell two years ago, It brought me back to the place no matter if I walk with scars and limp the rest of my life, I must finish the race that I have been called to run. And I have yet to see a monument built to critics. And I don't think it's going to start now. So sometimes... We measure our level of surrender by the opinions of man. We surrender to God and God alone. And in doing that and that alone, we will find the destiny and purpose of God fulfilled when our scars become stars because we submitted to the Son. Refuse. To mock the work of Christ by excusing myself because of me. We must surrender to God. You will be criticized for attending here. Some of you will. Some people have already been talked out of being here because of Mark Crow's past. You know, and I feel sorry for them because the reality is I think I'm a part of a future story that's going to bring great glory to God. I have written myself into the script. Surrender makes God master. So if you think I'm standing up here speaking arrogantly, you're totally wrong. With all humility and confidence, I am here to tell you, 
I will face the world with my shoulders back and my head held high and a smile on my face knowing my Redeemer lives. I surrender to him, not the critics, not the criticism, not the opinions. And some of you have altered your life because of criticism, because somebody told you you weren't good enough, pretty enough, big enough, strong enough. You surrendered to those words instead of surrendering to the words, greater is God in you than the devil in the world. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you've done to me, no matter how many times you've walked out on me, I'm always going to walk in on you. Jesus isn't just my my savior. He's my master. And then I'm going to kind of close with this, give it my best shot. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, be angry and do not sin. Doesn't mean that you're without emotion. Jesus wasn't saying don't have emotions. Don't, Don't feel like that you're wrong for feeling. We will always feel. Feelings are not what hurt us. It's our response to feelings that hurt us. You're going to have feelings of failing, feeling like you're a failure, you've lost, you're no good. Those feelings come. They will make you angry. But here's what it says. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place. The word place there is topos in the Greek. It's where we get the word topography. It says, do not give any ground, topography, geography, to the devil. Don't give him any place to tread upon your destiny and your dream. It's a battle. God recently spoke to me in a dream a few nights ago. I don't say this to be flaky at all, but today's just one of those days for me. I just thought, let's just see how nasty, honest we can be. And I have had a week, and and it was one of those weeks where I just like, God, you know, we often look for other people to be our Redeemer. God spoke to me in a dream this early one morning. I was kind of one of those hazy things where I don't know if I was awake or asleep. But he said, you've been looking for those who have judged to redeem. He said, they are judges. I'm your redeemer. He said, I'm the one that will restore and redeem everything that has been stolen. He said, so don't look to, I'm telling you, it was in that moment that that set me free. Now, I'm not saying I won't fight that fight again, but, but, but that morning I was absolutely sure God said, you know what, Mark? Quit looking to the judge and start looking to the Redeemer because the judge is not the one that you need. I've told you, I've forgiven you. Judge yourself, examine yourself, done that. But even after you do that, there will be people that still have their robes on. And I'm not talking bathrobes. Surrender. It's the greatest feeling ever. We're not called to carry the weight of this world or sins. We can't bear up under the least sin, much less our greatest. That's why he came. Jesus said, cast all your care upon me because I care for you. Today, I want to challenge you before I close this service. In your heart of hearts, what is it you're holding on to? What is it you haven't surrendered to God? Oh, there have been people. I've just asked Jesus, please let me be there when you punish the mm out of them. Can I just be standing there? I'm not at I won't say anything. I won't even clap. But please let me be there. Mm-mm. Who let the dogs out? Anyway, so. <laughs> and God said, Mark, surrender. Because as long as you're holding them, I can do nothing. He's not master by title. He's master by permission. You see, God will never be master to those who don't want to master. Whatever you surrender to, the word says, that's your master. And you know why he won't? Because God gave us a free will. God is not a dictator. So when we pray, God, do this, do that, God says, I want to, but you haven't surrendered. 
God, I want to be blessed, but you haven't surrendered. When you surrender, blessing comes. I'm not telling you what kind of blessing, because blessing sometimes people think is money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about peace that passes all understanding, a joy that's unspeakable, a life filled with love and liberty and mercy and grace and all of those wonderful things. Well, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for surrendering to the hands of mankind to be crucified so that our sins would be forgiven, our lives would be changed. Had you not surrendered, we would all most certainly find ourselves in eternal damnation. But because you surrendered, you brought heaven to earth and will one day bring mankind to heaven. So Lord, we see the power of surrender. What it can do when left in the hands of our Father, great things can happen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've yet to surrender your life to Christ and you look around, I want peace, I want joy, I want those things. What's it going to take? I'd love to tell you today, if you'll work hard, you'll be at church every Sunday. It'll happen for you. But that would be a lie. The truth is, if you will surrender to God today, if you will surrender to God, you will intersect with peace, joy, mercy, kindness, love, grace. You're going to experience all those things, not because you're good, because God is great today if you say I want to surrender in order to experience those things right where you're at not going to make you stand not going to have anybody I just want to ask you to lift your hand up right now if that's you say please pray for me yes thank you are there others you can put your hand down thank you are there others yes thank you are there others thank you yes okay let's all pray this prayer with these wonderful people who lifted their hands say Father God thank you so much for surrendering your son to fallen humanity of which I am a part Jesus thank you for surrendering your will just for me Jesus today I surrender my will to you I accept you as my Lord my Savior and my Master I surrender all Amen Amen